have you ever attended a city council meeting in Beaverton? No, but I know you. Don't you have some connections in the Beaverton <laughs> political I used, realm? Yeah, I, I used to work on speeches with um, a local councilwoman. Um, how many city councilors would you say are homeowners? Hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, they, multiple houses. I I think you are totally right. The <laughs> ones I have met. I think what gets them into politics is a sense of civic duty and wanting to make change and wanting to, honestly, local government is more powerful than large government. I absolutely believe that. Um, You can affect change. You can actually do something. You can meddle with zoning. um, You can prep for the future. Like um, I watched them pass ordinances that actually did things that actually passed. If you, if you watch, American politics in American democracy, if you watch a vote try over and over and over again to pass in the Senate or in Congress, you're basically setting yourself up for a very, a very boring evening. <laughs> you're you're going to watch some yeah. debates. Don't and, mix it with alcohol. You might slip into a coma. Right. <laughs> and then you will watch the floor come to a dead even, you know, Republican versus Democrat. Nobody reaches across the aisle. Everyone stays with their vote. Maybe there's a filibuster and then everybody bores each other to death. If lawmakers can't strike a deal on both, the federal government could shut down starting Saturday morning. Joining us this morning to talk about how maybe something can get done here. Are you kidding me? This is the moment to debate new regulations that have nothing whatsoever to do with this crisis. And they move on to the next bill. I like a South Korean one where it turns into a full on brawl. So, Shawnee, Kansas, a city council room full of obviously homeowners voted unanimously, zero to eight, to ban roommates. Oh, goodness. Did you hear about this? No, this sounds like a social class episode, though. It is a social (laughs) class episode, and I apologize dearly and deeply. How the hell can you ban roommates? for the poor people that we need a place to live. You would think that if everybody has voted to ban roommates, that um, rent must be very low in Shawnee to be like, okay, all of you go rent, you know, from a, a new place, go buy your own houses. You know, houses must be very cheap in Shawnee. Yeah. They're not like everywhere else in the country. Housing prices have climbed. They have skyrocketed. The average home price in that county rose 37% between 2017 and 2021. So like you're looking at a half million dollar house. So it's not that housing is so abundant. They're like, all right, all you kids stop being roommates. You know, these aren't, these aren't college age kids. They're kicking out and saying, you're not allowed to be roommates anymore. Go buy a house, be an adult. Yeah. These are the mechanic who works at the Chevy store. These are, the you know the checker at the at, at the Fred Myers or the Kroger grocery store, right? These are adults with adult jobs who can't afford you know a third of a million dollars to buy one of these full size houses, and they're now saying okay. So according to the new law that they have passed, um, they have banned co living in certain zoning districts, targeting roommates who split the cost of a single abode's rent, meaning. They can't have more than three people cohabitating who are, or, or co-living who are not related. 
they specifically use the phrase unrelated. So like, yeah, if you are, if you have roommates and you're splitting the cost of a house, they're like, no, get out. You, you, you have to go buy a house. Yeah, it's just not right. I, I kind of have a feeling that the people who voted on this, even on their houses, house or houses that they own, they've probably got some money given to them by their family. Yeah. <laughs> or they bought in in 1958. The average rent there is uh, $1,263. That's um, average. That's probably national average. Yeah. I, I don't know how anyone affords that. So when Kansas did this, people started digging. They're like, why are, you know, it, it seems like a weird thing to unanimously pass to basically say, we don't want roommates. We don't want people. We don't want the poor living here anymore. <laughs> the <riffraff. laughs> um, but that's not the case. They they found out that most of the people who are represented from the city councils, and, and this is in America, not just this county, most people who are city councilors are actually homeowners. And this is yet another local government making sure that the cost of their houses, so property values, don't go down. And that even though we are at just a screaming peak for property value, they're trying to drive it up. So I kind of want to get... It almost seems like insider trader kind of government putting its foot someplace it doesn't belong. Okay, you said the word, insider trading. So that's what today's episode is about. Todd, you and I are going to pass a law. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we, we are going to suggest that if you are on a city council... Or if you are, um, what do you call it? Neighborhood associations. If you are in local homeowners. government, yeah, those homeowners, home, yeah, homeowners associations, whatever. We have a, a a tradition in America. If you own a house, you are put on a pedestal. Like like, not just not just you know you're you're financially well off uh, or that you have anything special. We used to think of it as you are invested in the community. Like literally that's the word we used, invested in the community. And you were respected because it's thought that a married homeowner is a responsible human. They will vote for the things that will benefit everybody else. They will see that the community grows and that, that the best things happen to the neighborhood. Yeah, they're they're the elders. They've been around, they're established, they're not going anywhere. That's why they bought a house. Right. And they don't want anything they, they want to keep their value of their house. They they have interest in it, but they have interest in keeping everybody safe. Have you ever been to a, um, a a homeowners association meeting or like a tenement meeting? Me, um, we used to live in an apartment in East Portland that did this, where the tenement meetings would be a bunch of people who were afraid that they were going to get kicked out because of rent. And then a couple people who owned, they either owned condos or they owned property in the neighborhood. And they would come in and they would be like, I've been here for 35 years and they'd start their speech about why we need to raise rent with I've been here for 35 years. Like, oh, oh, bow down to the person who's been here longest. <laughs> you know, we know the crazy cat lady doesn't have a degree, doesn't know economics and doesn't give a shit about the young people who are being kicked out. But hail the person who's been here longest. <laughs> and I know how that feels to be on the, the renting side of it. Dude, it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> you just you just can, they can just do whatever to you because you you're living paycheck to paycheck. 
I've seen political cartoons during the COVID, um, this period where people aren't paying rent and they're leeching off of landlords who are not being paid. I actually do feel sorry for people who have like, like retired couples whose nest egg is a house and they rented it out because that would basically pay for their back pain pills and their, their diabetic medication and their retirement nest egg instead of a 401k is their rental property. I actually do feel bad for them. I, I do too to agree, Joe, but I'll push back on that too. Um, people who are rent who own multiple properties, and I've ran into this in the construction business a lot, they get spoiled. Yeah. If you have a business, you have bad months. You lose money sometimes. So don't uh-huh. <laughs> don't cry. <laughs> About it when you've had this rental income for all these. Oh my God, we have to get a new roof. Can you believe this? Like, yeah, motherfucker. Okay, okay. You said the key word. You have a business. A lot of these people, I have met people who retire on a rental property and that's their income. I've seen them run it like a business. It's beautiful. It, it provides for their old age, it gives them money to send Christmas cards to their kids. But when they don't treat it like a business, when they treat it like a monthly income, like the rent that their renters pay is a check that goes directly into their bank and then they spend that on food and gas and then a bunch of frivolous garbage, that is a different situation. One is a businessman who's running a business in their retirement. The other person is just fleecing a group of renters who are millennials who can't afford their own house. Well, and, and, and they will go on and on about someone who didn't pay the rent back in 1984, yeah. which is fine. But then talk about the other 60, 80, 180 months where it was paid like clockwork. Exactly. <laughs> where the people took great care. They don't talk about those people, the Andersons that were there for four years and practically paid the place off. Right. Yeah, I, I feel deeply sorry for the people who ran it like a business and they ran into a string of, you know, their their renters are out of a job, the government isn't supporting them, and they legitimately have basically lost a small business and their small business happened to be renting units. I do not feel bad for the, I'm going to be real cruel here, the old assholes who are fleecing people who are renters well, and, they, and immediately kick them out when COVID started. And and you can they can tell by the, how the property is taken care of. I have found for and I've had rent, a lot of rental properties when I used to have a lot of money. We took care of things. Things broke, we fixed them. There was no, not all landlords do that, right? Especially when you get out of apartment, the less laws, they'll actually blame the tenant for things that would break at their house. And like, oh my god, these people are animals when they're not. Right, it's just a cheap house, and it's it should have been replaced twenty years ago way before they moved in. Here's the problem. People who run small businesses, they either budget for it or they like, they know the business. They have some qualification. They've been in it for a while. They've done this before. To rent a rental property is a skill set. Like it is a business. It is, it is work. Yeah. It is an investment. And don't feel sorry for these people. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because they have a genuine lack of gratitude. They have a genuine lack of how much their house has appreciated since they bought it. Yeah. And that it's been their single best investment of all of their 401, all of that combined. They forget that. <laughs> Accidentally. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. T- 
Todd and I did an episode um, that was about the housing crisis. We talked about a economist in Britain who wrote the book The Pinch, which is about how people have invested in you know a couple of houses, and they've bought up all of the starter homes that um, anyone under the age of forty would have purchased by now, but couldn't because they're being used as rental properties. In that episode, we talk about how um, everybody bought these houses, you know, in the aughts, like two thousands, just as sort of a minor little investment they made, and they are now accidentally sitting on Fort Knox. All these. Nobody had any right to expect that their house would become their personal bank. Right. And, and uh, you know, I guess it, when I say gra- grateful about it, I, I don't mean that they need to say, oh, thank God. We did. They did take the risk. They did buy the house when no one else wanted it or no one wanted it for that price. But just tell the whole story. Right. You know, and, and, and most I'd say it's probably 50 50. I think you're either a slumlord or you're not. <laughs> and I don't know. I haven't made out by age or this and that. It's a weird, it's a weird thing to me. I think the, these eight city councilors in Shawnee, I'm guessing they are not all the good type of rent uh, manager. I, I don't think they are. You don't have to have a, a economy degree to rent a house to somebody. I'm guessing of these eight to zero who voted to get rid of people with roommates. I'm betting they're doing that because they all have houses where there's four roommates or more and they're all splitting the rent because they're afraid they're going to be homeless and the homeless population in Shawnee is going up and these city councilors are like, who cares about that? We we just want our rent. Rich, old white people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they have to be white. Is that racist? No, no I, I think you know yeah. what I mean. Like really out of touch, like stereotyping. They don't, a they don't use an ATM card. Yeah, you know they don't. They don't use. <laughs> have you have you heard about the um, the state law that passed in California about granny flats? No, where do you? God, you've been staying up late studying even other other weird <laughs> shit. Where do you, do you have time to do this? Aren't you busy with our show and your other creative products? You would think so. Um, every couple of, um, when I call my girlfriend, she'll ask like, how are the short stories coming? What about the fiction? What about the contest? And I'll be like, I can't sleep. I'm reading about Shawnee, Kansas. What about this homeowners association in California? <laughs> right. Tell me about it. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. That's, I, I think it's important for everyone to hear about the process. And the process of this podcast is something keeps me up at night and it's not what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, the guy that does the show, Adam Ruins Everything, uh, he, in his show, covered basically what will fix all this. Um, what we are doing right now, uh, as a nation, the re- if anybody wants to know, um, the, the, the title of this episode really should be, What Caused the Housing Crisis? Um, and I, I will legit try to title this appropriately. The cause of the housing crisis and the fix, we're going to fix it right now. Todd and I started this episode saying, we're going to pass a law. It's going to solve everything. We actually do kind of know what that is. Um, The problem is um, Kansas has proven or, or demonstrated what the real issue is. We expect local governments to solve the housing crisis. We keep looking at you know, these little cities, and we keep looking at the local municipalities, and we keep looking at city councilors and saying, won't you do something? Your, your, your town is filled with the homeless. 
your town is hurting for you know small housing for millennials to start and have kids and and start their families what are you people doing and what they're doing is they are protecting their gold bars we are looking to the people who you know stand the most to gain by not having affordable housing by not allowing small houses by not allowing roommates by not allowing 1400 square foot houses you know they they keep saying we're only going to zone for large houses. We're for keep property value up. But what's the long-term problem with that, Joe? And we're talking about local economies where people, they do need people to do work as well. Yeah. And so then, then the separation of, of classes gets even wider. Exactly. And you're dealing with people who are living in YMCAs like the 70s and going to food banks and can't be comfortable. I mean, this, sounds like, this sounds like hell on earth. Yeah. For the lower class. The way it works is we are now having a class war in America. Uh, it is between people who have degrees and a house and people who don't have degrees and don't have a house. Now, I bring this up and I talk about this almost daily now because we did an episode about this that Joe, Joe mentioned. But when I start talking about being on the West Coast and we're in the lower end, we're not California by any stretch in Oregon or Washington. But when I tell people that you need generational money now to buy houses, people with money know that now. Yes. So they're preparing that for their kids and stuff. They're immediate, <laughs> you know what I mean? So the no. people are, they're getting further ahead. They're, they're ready for this. Yes. You, okay, you said something magical there. I have now met um, people who are in, like they have money, wealth, and multiple houses. They are planning which house to pass on to their kid. So like you say generational wealth, it's that's a real thing. The 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 class division is people are giving their kid a college degree and a starter home. Like they're bequeathing that like they're a freaking land baron. So we are literally like our you want you want to ask what is our classism going to look like here in America? It's going to look like serfdom. We're going to have people who aren't allowed to own houses coming in from the outskirts where they rent and they're going to come into the inner city. They'll work and then they'll drive an hour and a half out to the outskirts where they rent again. And the people in the inside of the city will be, you know, people whose parents bought them a bachelor's degree and gave them their starter home out of their hoard. That's not something I'm inventing. That's what's happening in certain counties in California. So let's talk about, if you're willing, the Californian solution. We talk about each state in America being able to run their own government. Like we are, we're like, you know, um, Rome of old. We have these provinces that are each designing their own utopia where each state is, has its own laws, knows what's best for its people. The counties, hopefully each county knows what they need, what will, what will solve their problems. You know, uh, we produce a lot of grain, so we need a lot of, you know, gas and roads and we need, you know, better protections for truckers and, uh, hopefully a county knows that it has a high population or it's growing. Spokane, Washington knows that they are growing in leaps and bounds. And so they know to build housing and to rezone and things. They have data. They have projections of... Yeah. The The problem we're running into is what we've been talking about, which is um, Spokane, Washington is trying to accommodate all the new growth. They are, they are building and they are, they're trying to put in new affordable housing. 
they're trying to make sure they can become sort of a place everyone can like buy a starter home and work and grow as a family and, and enrich the community. Other places are treating new growth as a revenue stream. They don't see people moving in. Uh, like Shawnee, Kansas, they see revenue walking in on legs. They see a stack of dollar bills with a pair of dirty jeans under it, peddling the money, like like walking the money up to their front door. Um, and all they want to do is rent it a house. So what we're going to talk about is the idea that we need to take some of this out of the hands of the smallest government, those uh, eight city councilors who are voting to keep their small house of gold bars. And we want to take that out of their hands and put that into the state. Now, I know there are some libertarians and some um, people who believe in county laws should be the highest form of law. They're going to come at me with guns for saying this. But I think California has the right idea. Um, California passed a law um, last year, and this is uh, called Government Code Section 65852.2, which is known as the second unit law. Have you ever heard of the term uh, granny flat? Granny flat, no. Okay. Um, Have you seen in Portland when somebody will have like two roommates already? They only have three bedrooms, so they're like, where are we going to put the next person? And they're so desperate for rent and for space, they put somebody in a garage. Like oh, okay. They, yeah, yeah, like a grandmother's quarters or something. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, your your grandma is on hospice. You need to move her into the house. You don't have space. You, you get on their own doors. So you don't ever have to see them. <laughs> yeah, you, you put carpeting into the garage so they're not making their feet cold when they walk on it you or um i saw a really fancy one um my friend's grandpa uh became uh, senile like he had dementia they built him a house out of their uh, loft over their garage and it was connected to the house so like it was ritzier than my bedroom and i've got a master bedroom <laughs> so like yeah he, that, that guy was set up but it was it was not a legal room. Like, like technically, they weren't. That wasn't supposed to be an extra room. I see what you're saying. So they're they're going to take sheds and turn these into multi properties. Precisely. So California kept trying to pass local laws, and they're now known as NIMBYs. The the eight Shawnee Kansas city councilors that are like no renters, you know, like no roommates. Um, they're it, they're called not in my backyard. They don't want to build single, you know, small single family homes because it lower property value generally. So when they say not in my backyard, they they want affordable housing. They just don't want it on the other side of their fence. They don't want to lower their their personal Fort Knox value. So California came in and they said, okay, no local government in their right mind would get rid of their own personal gold bars, their little, you know, Fort Knox of house. So we're going to enact a code. And this code is going to say, if you want to put a shed in your backyard, throw a bed into it, insulate it, plumb it, put wiring out there, you can do that. Oh, that's interesting. That's just because it's just supply and demand. It's just... Exactly. It's going to burst. It, that's precisely right. So... This is not a. They don't want to do that. This is a necessity. Yes, 
it's not a full solution. Like this isn't going to fix overnight no. the homeless problem. This is firefighting. That's what it is. Exactly. It's it's a it's putting you know the the bathroom is flooding. The toilet is backed up. They threw a sponge on the floor. It's not the best thing. It is something, but it's doing what states honestly should have been doing from the start, which is taking it out of the hands of city councilors who are homeowners and start letting the states decide, okay, we're going to collapse if we keep becoming Mad Max. If everywhere looks like downtown Portland or downtown Austin or these downtown areas where the homeless problem it's not a, a problem of the homeless. It's a problem for the state because those are potential taxpayers and renters who are no longer participating in that system. And so you don't, when you see homelessness on TV, it is not the same as when you live in a city where it's, it's scary. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's uncomfortable and it's sad and it's ugly and it's, it's worse. <laughs> when I was, when I was young, the homeless population, almost every homeless man or woman I would meet, they had a mental uh, disability. They they were they had addiction problems. They were a vet who you know was having trouble finding resources. That's not the case anymore. Most of the homeless I meet are skilled workers who are working out of a tent. They're going to their job every day, and then they're coming home to their tent. Um, so California passed this law. And it actually has helped. Um, it made it to where it was legal for, um, it's called a, quote, unpermitted accessory dwelling, an ADU, also known as a granny flat or a you know residential unit or living space on a property. Basically, it means that they can absorb maybe one or two more people per property that is willing to build out an extra little, you know, living space. I don't want the end of our episode to be me crapping on uh, city councilors <laughs> don't worry let me save this for you joe thank you because i i worked with city councilors <laughs> i, I love local government <laughs> and i can't believe i'm gonna end an episode on such a downer but please take it from me well i've just been tr- uh studying here I, i've never heard of shawnee kansas before it's spelled s-h-a-w-n-e-e now when you started to talk about shawnee i had this oh this is some little tiny podunk town in the middle of kansas with a couple of cows right right where else could there's sixty five thousand people in this <laughs> it's a big place yeah. you know and, and it's very established so that's a little bit scary we're not just talking about some island off alaska here or something we're talking about <laughs> you know a place in america where you think of like salt of the earth good christian values kansas so i looked up the prices of houses they're less than here, less than West Coast prices, but they're still expensive. They're not dirt cheap. To buy a house in Shawnee, it's still expensive to buy a house there. The median income, Joe, is $39,000. Not enough to mortgage any of these houses. So we have these solutions available to us. We, we've seen sponges on the floor of the flooding bathroom of America. We know that we can do small steps. But that small step might be that, I mean, unfortunately, in this case, it was take it out of the hands of local government because local government is made up of people who want to protect their property value. What we ought to do, hopefully, is if you don't own a home, if you're a renter, even worse, if you are homeless, go run for local city government. 
I mean, if you don't run, just get involved. Go talk to a city councilor. They're very approachable. You can go to a city council meeting. They're very boring. Go sit in on one and you can talk. You will affect these people. I have seen city councilors break down and cry when they are you know, confronted with tough issues, when people speak right. to them on a human level. And then when they hear someone's individual story about a single mom or an army vet who came back from war and is having problems, but they probably, like you said, they're making these laws not with these bad intentions. They think they're doing what's right, but they just haven't heard the whole story. Right. And I, I know from experience, some of these city councilors and these local municipalities, their friends play bridge with them. They, ha- they are in book clubs. They go to yoga. They do things like everyone else. They are in their own bubble. They read their own Facebook group. They do not know your struggle. If you are having rent problems, they haven't heard from you. They have only heard what they watch on the news, what they pick up from their local media. They have a media diet like everybody else. They read their Twitter. Break them out of their bubble. Go participate in local government. At the very least, call a city councilor, have a conversation with them. At the very most, go sit in on a meeting, speak your piece, talk about it. I swear, if everybody got involved in local government, we wouldn't need the California solution. We wouldn't need sweeping state or federal changes to fix housing for us. We would have Shawnee, Kansas councilors passing not quite so a unanimous vote to make it illegal to be a goddamn roommate. (laughs) 